With the title, How Long Must We Wait, people have been wondering if my topic is how long before we replace Justice Scalia on the Supreme Court, or how long before we finally have a woman president in the United States, or how long before black lives matter equally with other lives in this country. But that's not exactly where I'm headed this morning. For those of us who follow the Christian liturgical calendar, this is the second Sunday in Lent. And one of the questions before us today is how long must we wait for our life's blessings? If we, like Abraham in Genesis and Peter in the Christian scriptures from our readings this morning, have a purpose, if we have a destiny, then how long? must we wait? You probably noticed how both Abraham and Peter seem impatient today in the scriptures. I don't know about you, but I can relate to their dilemma. It's hard to know many times when we should wait and be patient and when we should act in order to make our life's purpose and blessings come about. One of my favorite memories in this sanctuary was at the commencement service upon my graduation from Harvard Divinity School in 1999. My classmate and now colleague, Reverend Bill Clark, delivered the sermon and he began with this story. He says, I was living in Provincetown and taking one of my many walks on the long white beaches. It was very early spring and the crowds had yet to come. On this one particular morning, as I was walking the seemingly, seemingly deserted beaches and enjoying my solitude, I suddenly heard a woman shouting at the top of her lungs, Blessings come! Blessings come! Blessings! Blessings! I paused to ponder this surprising encounter. The woman's hands and arms were waving wildly in what appeared to be a skyward direction as she continued her shouting, Blessings come, come, blessings, come! I paused in my step, a bit dumbfounded, he says, and then I thought, You go, girl, you go. <laughs> that is one way to get a blessing. You shout for it. You demand it. Blessings, come. I became so excited, he said, by what I had interpreted as a major theological encounter that I readied myself to join with her in this triumphant chorus of blessings, come. When I noted the arrival of a large golden Labrador retriever, Blessings had come. <laughs> the woman got just what she'd asked for. Blessings had come. And she was a beautiful four-legged golden canine. Abraham, in today's passage, was like that. He went straight to God. And he said, where are my blessings? And when, if ever, will I receive them? And God said to him, be patient, Abraham. It will happen in my time. And even though Abraham had to wait, 
How nice must it have been to have such faith and such a relationship with God. Can you imagine living each day and no matter what you're going through, to have such faith knowing that God is with you, that you have a holy blessing and a calling and a commission upon your life, and to feel assured that in time, your purpose and your blessings will come. But even if we had such faith, we would still have to decide what we're going to do in the meantime. It's not as if we can just sit around doing nothing and expecting our blessings to just come. It reminds me of a joke that was popular back in the days when I was in grad school. It's a classic. How many Harvard graduates does it take to screw in a light bulb? Only one. A Harvard graduate stands still holding the light bulb and just waits for the world to revolve around him or her, as the case may be. Now, I'm pretty sure that's not the point of the scriptural readings this morning. But there's always a tension between ambitiously pushing for our agendas and trying to control what's going to happen and waiting and having faith. I remember as a grad student on this campus watching as an undergraduate, a sophomore of all things, was getting a book published and was, had a write-up in the New York Times book review. I was jealous of her success and her recognition. I couldn't help but feel like I needed to get busy, do something already. I'd look in the mirror and ask, what have you done lately? It was more proof that I didn't belong. I wasn't good enough to be at Harvard. Now there's other pressures that we feel, pressures especially in relationships, pressures to commit or to walk away. There's the all too familiar biological clock conversation. In relationship, when two people are not on the same page about the next steps, it can be hard to know whether to wait or whether to take action. Now Peter, in today's Gospel reading, goes up with Jesus and John and James on top of the mountain, and they see a vision of Elijah and Moses speaking with Jesus. And when it's over, Peter says to Jesus, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And suddenly a cloud came over them. And they heard the voice of God, and God told Peter to listen to Jesus. In other words, God is saying to Peter, this is his moment. It's not your moment. Your time will come. But this is not it. It was not Peter's time to lead. But he didn't know that. Peter was constantly being impetuous, getting out of the boat, trying to walk on water, later saying, I won't deny you, Jesus, and then denying Jesus three times. But in this moment, on that mountain, Peter hears God's voice tell him, wait, it's not your time. But how do you and I know when it's our time? 
How do we know when we're pushing too much, being too controlling, over-functioning, and when we need to step back because it's not our time? If you're a parent or a mentor or a teacher, it can be hard to know when to intervene when your child or your student is having a problem, struggling, or when a friend or a relative is having trouble. It's like the story of the young man and the monarch butterfly. One day this young man brought a plant with some caterpillars on it into his house and he planted it in a coffee can. He watched the caterpillars transform into chrysalis and one day when the first one began to break out, he watched and he watched. So curious. It seemed like it was taking a very long time and the butterfly was struggling so much to get out eventually he decided to assist and he reached down and he helped break open the chrysalis so the butterfly could finally emerge once out the beautiful butterfly laid on its side with its wings still folded it seemed to be struggling to unfold and open up its wings but it couldn't the butterfly died never having flown, never having moved from that spot. The young man later learned that the struggle to break out of the chrysalis allows the blood to flow into the wings, which allows the wings to take form and the butterfly to take flight. It's a perfect metaphor to remind us that our struggles can have a purpose. They can help form us. And remind us that helping someone through a difficulty or trying to act when it's not our time to act can have unintended consequences. Michael Mead, the author and mythologist, has a book called Fate and Destiny. In it, he describes our destiny as something that, that um, we're, this is something that we're meant to do with our lives. It's our destiny. It's our calling. It's our purpose. He says our destiny is unchanging. It's unchangeable. We don't get to decide our destiny, and everyone has one, he says. However, fate, Mead tells us, refers to all of the things that happen to us throughout our life. Many of these things we choose. Some of these things we don't choose. They choose us, but we get to choose how to react to what happens to us, to our fate. Becoming addicted contracting an illness, losing a loved one, losing a job, going bankrupt, being caught cheating in class or on a lover, getting divorced, getting assaulted, going to prison, failing a test, terminating a pregnancy. Any of these are what Mead calls our fate. They're not our destiny. They're not our purpose, but they're things that happen to us Either or situations that we create, but these are our fate, and we have a choice about what we do in response. The idea is that these fateful moments, if we allow them, can push us towards our destiny, but only if we pay attention. Even in the worst, most embarrassing, most painful, and scary times in our life, we are being pushed toward our destiny if we pay attention. Sometimes there's fateful things that happen because we're trying too hard to push, too hard to, 
to be in control, trying to steer what we want our calling or our destiny or our blessings to be, but we're missing our purpose. And so we find ourselves thrown off course in order to find our course or where we need to be. Now Peter, throughout the gospel, makes missteps time after time on his way to his destiny, but eventually his time comes. And Peter preaches in the first service of the church. He becomes the founding leader of the church. Do you have faith that there is something that you're destined to do? It's not always clear when we're meant to act and when we're supposed to wait. We don't all have such a direct line to God as Peter and Abraham seem to have, but we have to try to listen for God's voice within and around us. We have to discern what the fateful moments in our lives are trying to tell us. Lent is a time of year when we are encouraged to go inward and listen to the, for the voice of God. It represents a time when Jesus fasted on the mountain and was tempted by Satan. Jesus, it said, did not take the bait. The rest of us mortals, however, have a harder time resisting temptations. We say, what's one little kiss, one little plagiarized paragraph, one little rounding error on my taxes, one drink, one false claim on my resume or my application, one unprotected moment of lovemaking. We want what we want, when we want it, and we want to feel in control. It's hard to wait and to trust that our needs will be met. It's hard to have faith that we, like Abraham and Peter, have an appointment and a purpose. It's hard sometimes to trust that we will get the love and the recognition that we deserve. You are part of a, of a very sacred story. You are part of a very sacred story, and you are destined to play your part. It's certainly okay to ask, come, blessings, come. But if they don't come immediately, have faith. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Amen.